but like this is this is kind of the point, and maybe this is my straw that breaks the camel's back. If if I want Boyer to know what's going on in my life, and I want Chris and Michelle to know what's happening with me and what's happening with them, I need to stop assuming that they are seeing my Facebook shit oh, or my Instagram Facebook. shit or listening to my literate ape. Like I know that I've got friends that don't. I don't talk to that often, but they read Literate Ape or they listen to the Ape Cast, so they kind of have an idea of what's going on. I don't know what's going on in their lives, and but that's on me. I'm a bad. It's making me a bad friend because I'm not actively engaging because I've become lazy because of how easy Facebook made it for me to know what the fuck is going on. I'm Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Ape Cast. David, get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Ape Cast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. So have you left Facebook yet? Don, I haven't. I haven't done it yet. I read your piece. I read your piece. I thought it was a good piece, you dirty faggot, but... uh... (laughs) If you don't understand that, I'm not actually calling David a dirty faggot. That is part of his. It's part of his story. Go to literateape.com. It's right out the. Gate. I know. It's, well, I read the story. Yeah, that no, was no. like such a big part of the story. It was Amber no. Abercrombie yeah. and Fitch. Yeah. So so set it up. I mean, well, why why have you not gotten rid of Facebook at this point? So, what what's funny about the week that we've had? I mean, Facebook has had a hard week. For the last couple of years, I think. But this week, or last week, I suppose, at the time of this, that this drops, uh, with the whistleblower on 60 Minutes, like it's, it, it just feels like the curtain has been found and it's finally being pulled back on Facebook a little bit. But no, that's not true because we... God we've known damn it. This. We've known this. You're right. We've known this. Fucking watched Social Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the thing, the thing yeah. that, that makes me crazy yeah. is... Even if you don't want to buy everything in that movie, which I happen to think is one of the best fucking movies. It's one of the best movies. It's David Fincher. It's written by Aaron Sorkin. I think it's the best thing Jesse Eisenberg has ever and will ever do. I forgot that the, Fincher directed it. I always thought I, I mean, that, that Sorkin wrote and directed, but you're right. No, it was no, a Fincher. Sorkin yeah, you're right. And, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. just such a fucking great goddamn movie hmm. but even if you don't want to go like oh it's totally serious and blah 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 the facts on the ground are this mark zuckerberg was a shitty little dude who couldn't get laid because he was a shitty little dude so he decided to get back at all the fucking women that didn't want to fucking have sex with him by creating a goddamn website that allowed other shitty dudes mm-hmm. to rate women by their looks on a website. That, that's the beginning of Facebook. So the idea that that's the beginning and that now somehow he's much more benevolent and he's no. not still a skeevy little piece of shit is well, sort of like saying here's a country and an entire region of a country that was started by enslaving chattel slavery <laughs> yeah. and then being shocked that some four centuries later they don't want to let black people vote. What? Why are you surprised by this? This is not a surprise. No. Well, 
the, the whole rating thing, I mean, way before Facebook was a thing, I, I remember in the year 2000, there was hotornot.com. Because I remember I took a picture of my buddy Chris uh, and uh, on a sailboat. in Chicago, He was visiting Chicago. My dad's friend, but this is before I had a sailboat. Um, my dad's friend Bernard had a sailboat, and Chris and I were out on it with my girlfriend at the time, Beth, and took a picture of Chris, and it was like, like Chris looked fuck, like, dude, that's a smoke show picture. And so, like, as a... We call those thirst traps. Now. Thirst traps, yeah. So, but, like, as a quote-unquote joke, we put it on hotornot.com, because, like, dude, he was pretty fucking hot. So, Mark Zuckerberg wasn't the first to do this. You know, seven years or five, how, when... Ever Facebook started 2005, four, whatever it was. I don't remember. I think it was 2008, but whatever. But okay, yeah, 2008. So eight years, whatever. That existed. Mark Zuckerberg just did it better. He, you know, well, to be, to, he, actually, he made creepy more accessible actually, to what, the masses. What he, did, what he did was he accessed, and that's why it's called Facebook. Yeah. He accessed the Harvard Facebook, which was basically just Facebook, mm -hmm. but just for Harvard students. Yeah. And then he expanded it to Stanford and then Princeton. It was a college basic, thing only, yeah. Basically, he, he focused strictly on already existing online shit. And if you if you look at it, well, that's the thing. So we've always known well, so here, Facebook is a shitty product that it's basically, it is. It's like Marshall McLuhan, and I wrote about this this week, or last week, is, uh, you know, Marshall McLuhan says, you know, the, 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 the medium is the message. Yeah. And and the message is we're expendable, we're narcissistic, all we do is live on dopamine likes, and we are there to be sold shit. That is the message that Facebook tells us because yeah. that's how they make all their fucking money. It is it. What I think is the most interesting thing about it is if you really kind of take a step back, this amazing ability to communicate, which is why when last week it went down for six hours folks like you and I, it's like, oh, that's interesting and maybe a little inconvenient or whatever. Mm. There were people in Sri Lanka that couldn't do fucking business because that's how they do their business in WhatsApp. There's a lot of business tied up with Facebook, I mean, Facebook like, advertising. Like they couldn't and, you know. do any kind of business for like six hours and it held a certain segment of the population of the world hostage. I want to know... I want to know like how much money Stitch Fix lost during those six hours because I'm constantly getting Stitch Fix ads in my yeah. Facebook feed or Father well, you know, Hebrew. The other brand, thing, the I, the other thing I don't like about it is is I I stopped watching network television um, as soon as cable came out. Um, I really kind of just I mean I don't even own a TV. I haven't owned a TV in fuck ten years. You know, um, and longer than that, actually. And so I've been watching network TV. And part of the reason I didn't want to watch network TV is I got tired of indiscriminately having advertising shoved in my fucking face all the time. I really hated it. And yeah. one of the things that I learned uh, that I hate about Facebook and Instagram specifically is that I'm getting shoved fucking ads shoved it's in my nonsense. face yeah. all the time. And it's well, like... So, but here's the thing. So, I mean, the, the setup, because what, what's interesting about last week with Facebook is you texted me I, I, I maybe Tuesday or Monday. It was Monday. Yeah, it was after the, it after was Monday. the, the whistleblower. Because I, I was at home that day. And as you texted me, like, I'm thinking about taking Literate Ape off of Facebook and Instagram. Thoughts? And I was, I left and was like, hang on, I'm calling you because I was, I mean, literally, and I do not use this word lightly, but I was literally having the exact same thought. I'd been thinking about it all day. Like, God, I, I got to get out of this thing. 
Littered Ape doesn't need it. Uh, so we talked about it. And it's like, yes, Littered Ape, yank it. And you have left Facebook before and you yeah. came back. I have not left it. I have wanted to leave it. I have wanted to pull pull it off my phone. You know, dude, I'm telling you. Well, all right. And here's, but here's why. And, and tell me and why I, you I have wrote it. about it. And That's then, know, and you I wrote about it too. I want to know why you personally, because here's yeah. the because we had the conversation. Yeah. We went back and forth. We got on the phone. We both kind of agreed it doesn't really do anything uh, for Literate Ape. It does nothing for Literate Ape. I mean, it, the exchange, it the the. Yeah, the exchange or we don't get that, is, you know, it's is like very it's not low. that much it's, it's not that much advertising. It's not that yeah. big a deal. Who gives a fuck? Instagram, nothing. It's just something for me to do. Uh, you know, it's like, yeah. all right. And it's a bad thing. So, I I texted my I mean, the minute we got off the phone and it was available, you know, when it came back online. Yeah. I deleted everything. I deleted the mm-hmm. Literate Ape Instagram. I deleted the Literate Ape Facebook. I deleted my Facebook. I, I texted my mom and I said, I'm off Facebook and I hope you do too. So she she texted me. She said, you know, you're right. How do I do it? So I sent her the instructions how to mm-hmm. delete her entire thing. She deleted her entire thing. So not just like turning off. Because no, there's like just, you can turn it off or you can you purge can, yourself. You can, well, what you can do is you or can is the suspend best you your can. account. Yeah. You can suspend your account yeah. or you can delete your account. Yeah. And for the same reason that you, it's because like, I tried that when I wanted to get off of it the first time, just like, I'm just going to pull it off my phone. I mean, it didn't matter. I fucking, I, I couldn't help myself. You it found a way, and, right? Yeah. You found I a way, found a way to, yeah. to do it. And the only reason I came back, because I was off of Facebook for a year and a half, I still had Instagram, but I, no, actually, I didn't have Instagram for me, but I had the Literate Ape Instagram. You were gone from way. Facebook for a year and a half? Year and a half, yeah. Wow. That, and I didn't and, realize it was then, that long. Okay. Then, yeah. Then the yeah. only reason I yeah. wanted to get back on lit, uh, Facebook was to kind of prove to myself that I couldn't be <laughs> bested by it. And I was doing pretty well. I had 100, 100 people. I didn't follow very many people, so my news feed wasn't that. <laughs> you got on Facebook. You got back on Facebook for the same reason I decided to run a marathon after not having been a long distance runner for 20 exactly. something years. Like, fuck it. I can do this, right? I'm t- <laughs> what a dumb move. I'm in charge of my life. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's the thing. So I, I don't miss it. In fact, one of the things I think is most interesting about it is, is I, I, I have more time. I don't have any of that. I, none of it. I mean, it's gone and I'm thrilled that it's gone. I don't have, and I, you know, is there anybody, it's like what you wrote. Are there these friends that I were, I was friends with on Facebook that I couldn't just call or, mm-hmm. or text? No. And if there's and if not, they're not really friends of mine, apparently. You know, and yeah. the only the only concern that I have for myself is with the pandemic, number one, um, and then the fact that I now work at home as a, a writer. Mm-hmm. So I have I have virtually no fucking contact with human <laughs> beings. None. I mean, you know, I Ex- talk to you aside, once a week. Aside from the trash panda that you live with. Yeah, and that's my it. wife. You yeah. know, she goes to parties and she goes to she goes out, and and I don't. I mean, I you know, it's like I I have to find reasons to get out of the house. And there's Wait, just not the that parties many that people. Dana goes to aren't reasons to get out of the house. You don't want to go to those parties. Dana's a fun not, person. Like I'm not invited to those parties. What parties is she going to that you're not invited to? Oh, the other night uh, Donald Hickey just hit her up and said, "Hey, you want to come to Shut this party?" Shut the fuck up, Hickey did, did not. Invi- 
not. He most certainly he did, did not did, not invite you. That's he most shit. he most specifically did not invite me. He invited Dana. Come I on. didn't get a text. No, I said, "What's the party?" She goes, "I don't know if I'm going to go." I said, "She said, she said you're not going." I said, uh, "I wasn't invited." No, nah. I said I wasn't invited. No, it's understood. Kinky. Come on, no, it's no, it's really not. No, no, he loves the fact that uh, my wife will hang out with him and not bring me along. He loves it. Come on. All right. Well, Hickey apparently, Text. Hickey's got a new a new gal. Oh yeah, no, it's not like he's macking on my wife. He just likes Dana and doesn't really care for okay, me. Okay, so you I guess. know. All right, no, that what? I mean, all I right. don't think he dislikes me. It's just he doesn't invite me to parties. That and I'm okay with that. Some, and I'm no. fine with it. No, all right. I'm fine. Well, with I will it. deal with this later. That's not. No, I don't want. See, this is the thing. No, David, you're missing. I'm point. gonna fix it. I don't want to go to those parties. I'm, so I'm going to Donald's Facebook invited. page. I could text him. I'm going to his Facebook page and I'm gonna start some shit with him. Do not because I want I, everyone to know that he is uninviting you or not inviting you i guess he's just, it's not uninviting he's just not inviting me he's inviting dana i'm fine with it it doesn't bother me it really doesn't bother me but, well it bothers me and therefore i'm offended yeah, and i'm gonna what take i'm it concerned about I'm what i'm concerned about is without facebook is there any reason for me and what yeah. i realized today was oh it means that if i want to engage with other human beings i actually have to go engage with other human beings, which is far more positive than the cursory, oh, happy birthday bullshit that <laughs> on Facebook. I mean, you know the fuck gives, are you fucking nuts? If I'm not, if I can't keep track of people's birthdays yeah. and I have to have, be reminded by Facebook so I can type in some clever quip yeah. and then and then somehow get credit for remembering their birthday, I get no credit for remembering the birthday. I didn't remember their birthday. Facebook reminded me because fuck you. Yeah. So why? Mm-hmm. Are you still on Facebook, David Himmel? So, first of all, I don't, I, want, I don't want to give too much away on this because I did write all of this out. So I encourage you, dear listener, if you have not yet read it, go to literateape.com and, and read the reasoning because it, it's, it's all there. But for the sake of conversation, since we're having a fucking podcast, I... It, it, it's kind of like, I imagine it's like this, um, a, a, an alcoholic <laughs> or a, a, a cokehead who's like, well, I, I, I want to quit. I know I need to quit because it's not good for me. But if I quit drinking and I quit the cocaine, I won't be a good artist anymore. I won't be a good writer. Like, I feel like, you know, I'll be missing something. And so what I wrote about was that I... If I get rid of it completely, I will miss what will those you miss? friends that I don't, that I wouldn't talk to otherwise. Like, I, there's some things that I enjoy. So you like, miss the friends that aren't friends. Yeah, I would. And you'll and you'll actually miss them, or, or you'll I just think, miss out on I them. I think that I would miss them because you won't miss them because you don't give a shit enough about them to actually contact them in real life. You know them; they're 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 acquaintances or maybe people you've hung out with. Maybe well, there's their connections, but they're not really friends. So right. why would you miss them? Right. Well, and, and here's here's the thing. This is this is one of those moments where a, a, I'm 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 going to use a, a smoker because that's just that's an easy example. Um, Peter Kremitis, our old friend Peter, mm-hmm. has he he quit smoking six months ago. Has quit, and 
I know this because on Facebook, I see him. He's like, it's been a month without a cigarette. It's been two months. And then on the sixth month, he was like, it's been six months since I've had a cigarette. And it'll be another six months before I stop mentioning this every month. So he's got this like accountability thing. And like, I'm proud of him. Like, good job. So he knew he had to quit and he finally quit. And that's great. Facebook has nothing to do with that. It's just his weird accountability or whatever, whatever it is for him. Fine. So I know that I need to quit Facebook because on principle, because it's, it's a terrible, terrible thing and it doesn't do anything to, it, it doesn't help. It only hurts our society. But if I make the decision to quit Facebook and I feel like I'm going to miss my friend Bishop Jackson, here's what I can do is I can message Bishop and be like, hey, dude, I'm about to jump off Facebook. I still want to like check in with you and like talk Marvel shit or whatever. And the next time I'm in Vegas, let's hang out. What's your, because I don't have his number. What's your number? And then that forces me to actually be a friend and make that that effort. Right. Why why don't don't I do that? Because, because it's effort. Then I have to make an effort to be friends with Bishop. And I've become so accustomed over the last 12 years, whatever it's been since I've been on Facebook where I don't have to make that effort. I don't have to make the effort to remember the birthday. I don't have to make the effort to engage with Bishop or Jason Smith or the other, you know, hundreds of other friends that I quote unquote talk to, but don't talk. You know what I mean? But you're right. And I know this and you know, this, this. is weak. I just, this it is, is 100% it's weak. This is such fucking weak, man. It is. You're going to, you're not going to buy Abercrombie and Fitch because a girl called you a dirty faggot and it, she had nothing that she was just an employee, but yep. you never did that. And yet yep. you're going to, you're going to let Facebook, which has, it's demonstrably bad for everyone. The I difference, mean, talking though. about talking about Peter Karmides. If it weren't for fucking Facebook, Peter and Karmides and I would still be friends. Yeah. Well, and but eh, fuck you. I don't know. That's that's partly the misuse on your guys's point. Like you guys could be no. like, okay, shit's getting heated. Let's go no, and grab he a, have never, a beer the, and Facetime sh- or whatever and talk it he out. Said, the shit he wrote, he would have never said to my face. I. I don't know. I can't speak to that, but I can because he's tiny okay. and I beat his ass. So okay. he would never All say right. that to my face. He would never say it to my face. Partly not because I mean that was just me being an asshole. But the thing is, the reason he would is because there are studies been done. Yes. There have been studies done that demonstrate that people, when they are in person, are more are generally more polite and less aggressive mm-hmm. than they are when they are online. Even mm-hmm. when they're not anonymous, they're more aggressive online. Yeah. It brings out a, 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 a consequence-free aggressiveness in everybody. Yeah. And, it, and it's part of why we're living this fucking fever dream of a fucking nightmare called the pandemic and a bunch of anti-vaxxers and QAnon. It's the worst thing that has ever come along the pike. Yeah. Well, I... To compare it to the Abercrombie thing, because I make a good point in my story that, like, I had an issue, and fuck that shit, I'm not doing it. Boom, easy, done. I had never owned, I never shopped at Abercrombie, I'd never shopped at Abercrombie, I'd never owned anything from Abercrombie before. Um, if I had been an Abercrombie consumer, yeah, but that idea. was my like. A regular like I buy dude, a lot yeah. of stuff from. Where do I get my stuff from? Uh, I got a lot of things from J Crew because J Crew fits me well. So sure, whatever. 
if J. Crew, if I walked into a J. Crew and I got called a dirty faggot from an employee at J. Crew, it would be harder for me to go, nope, not doing J. Crew anymore. Because, like, well, shit, I need clothes and they, they fit me well. What am I going so to do? So, so the price of your ethics is, is it's a balance with your convenience. Yeah, Don, it's an so abusive relationship. So, you, so your ethics are only, uh, only mitigated based on how convenient betraying those ethics are. My ethics are human. This is no. we we are all we are all in an abusive. Re- Those of us that you, use Facebook are all in a in an abusive relationship. Where okay, Facebook, Robin D'Angelo. I, I mean, to to a degree, I'm in an abusive relationship with you. You fucking asshole! Like, just, you know, drop Robin D'Angelo on me. You hey, I'm just the, fucking her, prick. <laughs> white fragility. The entire book. The entire book is her realizing that she's a fucking racist piece of shit, and saying instead of owning it and saying I'm a racist piece of shit, I got to deal with this. She decides. Well, then all white people are no, like this. No, well, that's not what I'm and saying. So all white people but must Don. be. You, what you're saying is, I. I my ethics are are only as bendable by the convenience, and that's just like everybody else. That's no different than driving in the speed driving no, over no, the no. speed limit, getting pulled over and and saying, "But everybody else driving fast, no. leave me alone." No, we, come on. We all know. Weak. We all know that Facebook is shit because we've all bitched about it. I've got. We've seen the posts bitching I, about it. You and I've spent half our time bitching about Facebook. Yes, yes. social and media. Yes. Again, to use Peter as as an example, I saw him. He posted something the other day after the. What was it? Shit, I don't know. I saw one of our mutual friends posted something like, "If if you posted about how much you miss Facebook, I don't think this was Peter. Sorry, Pete. Uh, but if you posted about how much it's you miss Facebook, Facebook friends, that's so you important to you it. that you can't even remember the right, name. Exactly, so that's, that's exactly it. right. Yeah. And so I just need to because I've I've been doing this. I've been doing the face living the Facebook life. It's been a part of my life. It has reconnected me to people. It has um, helped me get work as it, when, I was a, when I was freelancing. I mean, it's, it's been a part of my life. But I need to kill this girlfriend. Like, she is no good for me. She's not really helping me out. She just she gives me hand jobs every now and again. I get a little dopamine from those hand jobs. They're not good hand jobs, but they're not bad. I mean, they're fucking hand jobs. But, yeah. like, that's it. And I, you know what? I can go and find hand jobs and get hand jobs elsewhere. Better hand jobs, maybe yeah. even a few blow jobs if I go somewhere else. And I don't I, need it. I think I'm in a little bit a different place, and it, it has to do with the fact that I'm, what, 15, 14, 13 years older than you? So whatever it is. I'm, I'm dying. I'm closer to dying than you are. You know, I'm 55. <laughs> I mean, yeah, however you want to put it. You know, I mean, I'll be lucky. I'm going to be lucky if I've got 20 more years, right? Because, I mean, that's the thing is I see pretty much almost daily at this point some dude, and they're all dudes. I don't see a lot of women dying in their 50s. Like some dude, 54 to 59, who just croaked. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, fuck, man, everybody around me my age dropping. How much longer do I have? And so one of the things that I've noticed, and it's been an interesting crossroads, sort of an existential crossroads that I have uh, kind of been experiencing in probably the last six months, is sort of the realization that, uh, you know, I don't have as much time as I used to. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, and it's not like I have a fear of death. It has nothing to do with a fear of death. I, I, I don't really fear death. But... 
but I know that the rest of my time, there, I mean, because I can look at 55 years. Let me put it to you this way. I've probably written a thousand essays on literate ape. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like 987. So it's like, that's a lot, right? Yeah. And I know that out of those thousands of essays, there's, I'll be generous to myself. It's probably more like six, but I'm going to say there are 10. <laughs> <laughs> that when I sure. reread, I go, God damn it, I wish I'd written that. That's so good. Oh, that was me. And yeah. so there's a limited number. And so I can look at my 55 years in life and go, what are the things in my life that I can say, yeah, fuck off. I did that thing and nobody else did, or I did that thing really well, or I feel really good about it. And there's, there's, I mean, there's a number, it's certainly more than 10, I hope. I really thought that deeply. But, but the idea is that there's so much of that time that's been wasted like 55 years there's so much time that I just didn't do anything with and I'm okay Mm -hmm. with it it's not like I'm beating myself up about it but if I've got 20 years just just say let's say I'm I'm going to 75 I do think I'm going to go 105 I know that but Mm -hmm. let's just be more pragmatic say all right maybe I got 10 15 20 more years do I really want to work a job that makes me unhappy do I really want to spend most of my time focusing on making money and spending money on shit that, you know, do I want to participate in parts of society that make me unhappy, make me angry at people? I've, I've spent so much of the, my 55 years trying to work my completely outrageous temper and kind of work that out and Mm -hmm. kind of get that so it's a little bit less and not so big and I've really been successful. Do I really need anything in my life that makes the time that I've got left feel wasted or spent poorly? And so one of the things, it's why I decided I'm going to be a writer and that's it. And if that means I starve to death and Dana starves to death with me, so fucking be it. That's how I'm going to make my money. So we'll figure that out. And I'm working on that. And I'm figuring it out. And it's fun. I also looked at this whole social media thing. And it really took Facebook. It took the whistleblower to come out. But I read that stuff. And I went, man, how much longer do I have to keep deluding myself that this crack mm. cocaine is good for me? Yeah. Or, or, or that there is some positive benefit to it that somehow outweighs its negativity to me? And it's negativity to the planet, you know, overall. And I and I, I just went, there is no, there's no reason. There's no reason. Anybody that I truly call a friend, I have their phone number or their email address, and I can text them or call them yeah. or email them, whatever. Yeah. Like my mom said, my mom, my mom, she was like, hey, you know what? I can always text and, and email anybody. I don't need this shit either. And it was like, okay, that's exactly right. My mom's in her 70s. So it's like, yeah, do I need this? No, I don't. And the negativity for the world at large and to me, myself, not worth it. So, Well, I, you, I, you bring up your mom, and that's, that's, this, is, this is the thing that would keep me hanging on to Facebook is your mom and I became Facebook friends mm-hmm. not that long ago. And... I have truly, She's gone, so no more. I have truly enjoyed her posts and like her comments on things. Like I posted a picture of, yeah, I think me and Harry not too long ago yeah, or something. She, and she was it, like, yeah. "Does he need another granny?" Mm-hmm. And that, like, t- 
tears like I was just like oh that melted my heart I'm like oh my god like like I'll give you my mom's phone yeah. number you can text her so, pictures of you and Harry so this is my question like can we create if we think about our whole lives most of us well most of our our people yours and my people Don have lived their lives without Facebook more than we have lived with Facebook right I agree and like I used to have a dummies email list. It was I just titled it dummies. You know, hey dummies, and that was and it had all my friends, and I would add them to the group thing, and I would just write basically blog posts before they were blogs. Um, I was so ahead of the time. Anyway, um, and I've got group group text chains with friends that are you know segmented out. Like I've got my fraternity brothers, and I've got you know subsections of those fraternity brothers because the other ones are fucking dickbags so like these are the cool guys the more liberal guys whatever so like I, I've never met your mom in person and I would love to and I really I think that I really like your mom and I think yeah, you that I would like other. your mom you know oh you so guys like, would love each other if like could we create a <laughs> you know a Don Dana David and Jackie text thread yeah, that doesn't get used that often, or gets used as often as it needs to be. But it's like, here's a dumb gif or uh, whatever the fuck shit we put on Facebook is just now because we would get a kick out of it. Dude, you let's don't do that. To, it's a more active way of being friends. Me. Yeah, but you don't even have to sure. include me. Yeah. my mom would love to get a regular. Here, here's something you and don't my know. mom, this is I, your mom, and my grandma would fucking. Yeah, this like, is one of besties. the things that I think I is so funny. It. I've thought this was funny for years. Is that. Uh, Mom met Joe, I mean, because, you know, I've been Joe's friend for 35 years, so mm-hmm. she met him a long time ago. Fell in love with Joe, you know, just was like, oh, Joe's the greatest. And all of a sudden, and this is, ye- they've been doing this for years, mm-hmm. and I didn't know about it. They played Words with Friends, basically Scrabble. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. They played it for like three years, <laughs> and I didn't know they were doing it. Until my mom went, God damn Joe, he'll never even, he never even lets me win. I went, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, we play Words with Friends. I went, how long have you guys been playing Words with Friends? She goes, I don't know. And I asked Joe, he goes, oh, it's been like three years. I was like, holy shit. That's great. I had no idea. Yeah. So, you know, Donald Hickey will invite my wife to parties and not me. You can text my mom and, and share shit and she will love it. And I don't have to be involved at all. Send me your mom's contact. Nobody and likes it's, me, It's going to happen. I know no that. one likes me. In fact, and so oh you know, god, here it comes. Do you know how? Oh fuck, here it comes. I was reminded of how my, of how how no, nobody no. likes me. I was reminded <laughs> of that today in the most in the sharpest, most cutting way possible. Because in my Facebook memories today, when I begrudgingly and mindlessly this morning at five a.m. when I got up and sat down to take a piss because I. <laughs> Because my 5 a.m. pisses are like, I'm going to sit down and read the news and piss sitting down. I don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was a Facebook memory. And totally, I didn't realize I was even doing it until I was doing it. Like, God damn, because it's that, it's that reflexive habit. Was a Facebook memory of, I must have invited Lily B or some shit to <laughs> a bug house thing. And she was like, fucking David Hamill, you know who, who you are and blah, 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 and like shit all over you, but you don't like, we don't like Don, Don doesn't like us, don't pretend you don't know that shit. I don't know if you remember me telling you about this. Oh yeah, I remember that. Because like, I don't think that, that I directly Facebook... invited them. But how's that a Facebook memory? Why I have no idea. You... I don't know. That's cr- 
I hate Facebook. What a load of shit. I have... I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I couldn't tell you. It was some post. I, I don't know. So, Facebook. Reminds me of Lily B and how much you guys don't like each other. Anyway. And how, and how people don't irony. like me. And yeah. The thing about it is this is the best part about people not liking me. The people <laughs> that do like me, I know they like me. I love yeah. them. And everybody else, not only do I not give a shit about what they think of me, I shouldn't know what they think about me. Yeah. And that's the problem with social media in general is that number one, I just I'll speak for myself. I know how people feel about the people that love me, I know they love me. But there are so many people that either don't love me, don't know me and don't like my opinion, don't like what I write, have shitty things to say about whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to know that shit. Yeah. That shit is not good. It's why teenage girls are committing suicide over fucking Instagram. Because for the most part, most people do not in open like openly go, hey, fat ass. Hey, saggy tits. Hey, you fucking prepubescent piece of shit. What is your fat ass? Nobody does that in open... I mean, some people do, but for the most part, strangers Wait. don't do that. Uh, I'm sorry. But who, they do who's, it on, who's the fat ass with the saggy tits that's also well, prepubescent? Is, is that just, just, saying, this you're is, just throwing like, it out there. Okay. Teenage girls are committing suicide because yeah. of body shaming yeah. on Instagram, and it's mostly strangers saying shit about their bodies. That's yeah, my I, point. I, I'd like to go back We're to a simpler time. We're not supposed to time. know that stuff. We're not supposed to hear that stuff. I would like to go back to a simpler time when the reasons that teenagers were killing themselves is from insults from people they actually know rather than strangers. Like, can we exactly. just simplify the, the cause of suicide? Can we just get back to Cobra Kai before it was what? Cobra Kai where it's just the uh, asshole guy yeah. that kicks you in the face? And, well, here's another thing. is my One of my... One of my oldest friends and a, a friend that I, I love dearly uh, Michelle Boyer Pinnell uh, she and her husband Chris dear friends love them they just started listening to the Ape cast they didn't even know we were doing this Michelle and I went to college together we came up together as as writers and artists and you know we were so cool and you know I remember she had um, a suitcase that was like covered in John Lennon and sh- just artist shit. I don't know. I thought she was the, the coolest chick ever. Um, but she's not big on Facebook. I think she's on Instagram, but I don't use Instagram a lot. So tonight she's hanging out with, as, as we're recording this, she's hanging out with Hickey. And she was like, are you going to be around? Maybe we'll face something. I was like, well, I'm recording the Ape cast at, at nine o'clock, you know, but I'm around, you know, Give me a buzz and then whatever. Hickey immediately went, oh, and with Don? Yeah, I don't. Fuck him. Dude, Don? No, just Dana. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But but no. She, yeah. And they, also, they haven't called or texted that I know of, by the way. Uh, but anyway, um, she was like, basically, like, what's the letter at ApeCast? She had no idea that I was, that I did 200 episodes. She had no idea. This is like, this is an old fr- all my other old friends from the Boyer years know about this but she's not big on Facebook she just doesn't she's not as connected to the social media world that we live in and I applaud her for that and I have long applauded her for that so she's like okay well you just got a new subscriber so she's listening to it and so whoa what's up Boyer um 
But like this is this is kind of the point, and maybe this is my straw that breaks the camel's back. If if I want Boyer to know what's going on in my life, and I want Chris and Michelle to know what's happening with me and what's happening with them, I need to stop assuming that they are seeing my Facebook shit or my Instagram shit or listening to my littered ape. Like I know that I've got friends that don't. I don't talk to that often, but they read Literate Ape or they listen to the Ape cast, so they kind of have an idea of what's going on. I don't know what's going on in their lives, and but that's on me. I'm a bad, it's making me a bad friend because I'm not actively engaging because I've become lazy because of how easy Facebook made it for me to know what the fuck is going on. But and there that's is exactly a small why handful I, of friends that I... And I agree with that. So I, I, need, I, I'm dude, gonna, I need to do it. I completely I need to do agree it. with I need you to because, because that's the thing is, is Facebook... I don't know if Facebook made me a bad friend or I was always a fucking bad friend and it just made it easier to be that bad friend with Facebook. But the fact is, there are people in my life who I want to talk to and what I love about not having Facebook, and in the year and a half that I didn't have Facebook, I actually did. It's funny that you mentioned your list earlier, your like mm. your college list and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I actually had to make my list because I didn't know who everybody's fucking phone numbers were. Yeah. Because I was used to just message, just like doing a Facebook message, and then I didn't even have to think about it. And then I realized, oh, I don't even know who these fucking, I don't know how to get a hold of this person. So I had to go through all my contacts and say, all right, do I have their email address? Then I'd email them and say, I'm not doing Facebook or Instagram anymore, and I realize I don't have your fucking phone number, so if you still want to be in contact, I'd like to be in contact with you. If you still want to be in contact with me, um, send me your phone number, and here's my phone number. And yeah. what I can what I can say is everybody that I emailed that to sent me their phone number. So it's not like I went, oh, I wonder if they still like me. And you know, it's, I didn't send Lily B one. You know, it's a, I didn't send yeah. Lily B one. I didn't no. send Peter Kremitis one. Brian Sweeney didn't get one. It's like you know, but the, like the people that I want to talk to, they got it, and they were like, oh, cool. And then I made my list. I made an actual list that's apart from my contacts. That's a separate list. So if I lose my contacts, I still have their shit. Well, and I, you know, I, and I've learned things about college friends as they've, you know, gone into their forties, and some of them in their f- approaching in the, their fifties with their kids going into high school now. Like I've learned things about them and about their their sense of humor and their approach to the world that I I, I didn't know back then, or I wouldn't have known. I would have lost total contact with them. So now, if I, you know message Bishop Jackson or Rick Kimbrough and be like, guys, I'm getting off Facebook, but like, let's stay in touch and send each other the shit that we've been laughing at over Facebook for the last several years. Let's keep doing that on this dumb text chain instead. Or don't. And then that says well, a lot about that. The thing so is, there and you this go. Is the thing. I am, just so you know, I am keeping Twitter, but I'm not keeping Twitter <laughs> for literate ape. No, no. Twitter, well, here, Twitter well, is a the bowl of the, of the Cobra's poison. Well, that the, idiots the drink from. I, I don't know how is, the, anybody does Twitter. Well, here's the thing. Well, I'll tell you exactly how you do Twitter because that's the thing is I you actually don't. have a... No, I do. Um, I have a... Prag, the thing is I have a pragmatic reason for Twitter and that pragmatic reason is people that I follow and I follow a lot of people. Yeah, you're a follower, not a leader. That's my inherent issue on with Twitter. Twitter. On, on Twitter, I, I very... And I mean, very rarely post anything other than stuff that's on Literate. Yeah. Very rarely do I engage with anybody or respond to anybody. But the people that I do respond to, 
I respond to uh, there's a there's a, a, a an essayist who I really really like. I think he lives in Michigan, but I actually don't know where he lives. But his name's Paul Crenshaw, and due to Facebook, I I went oh he's a writer, so I followed him because hmm. it's it's the literate ape Twitter right. So it's <laughs> and like apparently we talk about writing and do we, writing we, stuff. Well, on apparently the we cast, do yeah. writing. So I went and I'm yeah. a writer. It's like all right, so boom. So I followed him, and I found he posts a lot, but he's interesting, and he's funny. And so I texted him, and or I didn't text him. I DM'd him, whatever mm-hmm. it is, direct mm-hmm. message him. I said, hey, listen, I don't know who the fuck you are, but I like your Twitter. I'm not a big Twitter guy. Don't really tweet a lot. But can you send me some links to any books that you've written? Well, you know, you fucking send a writer that? I ended up getting a fuck. I mean, I got it. Is, yeah. So I bought his latest. I bought yeah. it. I bought his latest, and it was a really good book. Yeah. So I find a pragmatic use for Twitter. I don't engage in any bullshit because it moves too fast. It's not that interesting to me. And there you go. And so Twitter, I, and, and, and quite frankly, I get the inside skinny on a lot of shit going on here in Vegas because there is a very robust... Las Vegas sort of like here's what's going on in the traffic and here's what's going on with the COVID restrictions mm-hmm. and here's what's going on in the casino rumors all that, very robust here in Vegas a lot of rumor mill so that actually has been very interesting and helpful and so uh, so I'm keeping Twitter yeah. but I actually don't go on Twitter maybe I mean there for for a while Instagram even with the literate Instagram I probably only went on it once a week yeah and that used to piss Dana off because she likes to direct message me through Instagram to funny pictures, funny <laughs> pictures Dana. and shit. I, yeah. I, I go on Instagram maybe, maybe twice a month. And she'll have sent and you I, some like, bullshit. Oh, look at the heart yeah. thing or whatever. I, I don't even know how to describe the uh-huh. interface of Instagram. That's how little I'm on it. And there's like Dana German. Boom. Yeah, I'm she's, like, what the She fuck? loves. Well, and 90% she of them Facebook. have already expired or yeah, whatever. She doesn't I, I, do Facebook. She yeah. likes to send me monkey pictures, and that's where a lot of my I believe monkey pictures come from. Oh, because is that okay? Dana yeah. sees the monkey picture and goes, "Oh, I'm sending this to you because uh, it's a monkey picture." That's she sweet. Mentioned this morning, she went, "Oh fuck!" I said, "What?" She goes, "I have a monkey picture, but I can't do it through Instagram." I said, "You've got my, well, you've got number my number one, you, <laughs> number one. <laughs> we're married. We live in the same household. You can airdrop it." Five feet from where you're standing, or you can text me. <laughs> so she texted it to me, but it was like, okay, there you go. But it was a very funny right, moment yeah. where she was like, oh, I was used to doing this. It's exactly what you said. It's convenience. It's about and and, and I understand the FOMO. I get it. It is. Dana, it's FOMO. Dana has Dana has yeah. a lot of the FOMO, the fear of being left out. She well, FOMO she is gets, fear of missing out, but sure, or missing yes. out, whatever the fuck Jesus. it is, I don't give a shit. Well, if you're gonna list I don't the have acronym, that fear. speak. Well, the, I don't. Well, Dana talks about FOMO, so I don't care what it means, but I kind of know what it means. What well, I you're missing out means. if you don't talk about it. Well, the thing about it is, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything, and <laughs> she does. She's like, oh, what if there's this going on? What if that's going on? Which is part of why our relationship is me writing. And once in a while, her just kind of going off yeah. and doing stuff. Yeah. It's like, I do stuff too, but I do stuff, I like to do stuff with her. I like to do this mostly, I like to do stuff by myself. Yeah. This is fine. I really don't need social media in life. And I'm going to suggest to you, David, you think about it. I, the thing about it is I don't want to strong arm you because that's not fair. 
And I am kind oh, of a bully now you're to you. taking you're now you're taking the opportunity to not strong army into something. I'm just saying after oh, 200 the benevolent after Don Hall, he gets off Facebook and he's no longer after yeah, okay. 201 episodes. I have sake. listened to enough of them that maybe you know <laughs> I should be a little nicer to you. Uh, because you are one of the few people that I talk to on a regular basis. Maybe so I'm I a dick to one of the seven people that actually exactly. care about me. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps I'm a little bit of a dickhead to one of my best friends in the world. So I am saying I'm not going to strong arm you, but I am going to suggest that you think seriously about just getting rid of Facebook. I won't know because I'm well, not on. Don, I've, I've thought seriously about it and my mind is made up. I just have to pull the trigger. All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing this week, it's a read. Uh, It is in The Atlantic, and this is a story that came out in the print issue of The Atlantic in the August issue, or I'm sorry, the September issue. Uh, It took me a while to read. It's it's heavy. Um, What Bobby Mc... I mean, his his name is hard, and it's because of the way that it, it's the letters that make it hard to read. What Bobby McIlvain left behind: grief, conspiracy theories, and one family's search for meaning in the two decades since 9/11. This was written by Jennifer Senior about this guy, uh, Bobby McIlvain, who died on 9/11 when the New York the the World Trade Center crashed, uh, and about how his family, his parents specifically, and his almost fiance have dealt with this. And it's, it's fucking intense. Um, and it's, it's extra special weird because this guy, like he wanted, he thought he wanted to be a writer. He journaled a lot. He was, he looks like me. in a weird way so like as I was reading this I was like there were like things unfolding I'm like oh my god you know you you relate you relate to it and like like of course he couldn't have been me I was in Las Vegas I was not 27 years old working for Merrill Lynch I you know I was still in college whatever Um, but it's 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 an extremely well written and the the author again uh, her name is Jennifer Senior she's personal friends with the family. Her brother was roommates with Bobby for some reason. Okay. When he died. So it's written from a very personal. What's the magazine? It's the Atlantic. Oh, okay. This is the Atlantic. Okay. It's, it's really, really well written about the, the, the human on human on human on a human toll of, of death, of tragedy, of 9-11, of relationships and how they change through death. It's heavy shit, and it's so well written. Um, yeah, so I, I, I recommend you read that. I mean, it's, it's hard. Okay. No, yeah, but, I, just, I, yeah. Just, I just saved it. I'm definitely going to read it. Yeah. All right, that's good. My first thing, in, in, and, and you don't have to pay for this, um, it is Glenn Greenwald. It is in his Substack because that's how he makes his money and writes. It's called Democrats and Media Do Not Want to Weaken Facebook, Just Commandeer Its Power to Censor. Mm. Um, this mm. is I mean, the, the subcat is whistleblower Frances Hagen is a vital media and political asset because she advances their quest for greater control over online political discourse. 
Um, the thing about it is, Glenn's a little more right wing than than I'm comfortable with sometimes, but I think he's a great writer and he's a great mind. Sort of like my, Matt Matt Tiabi, Tiabi yeah. is that I don't agree with everything they write, but I mean like by a long shot. Sure, but I agree they write it really. But fucking it's intelligent. Well. It's like Tucker it's Carlson. Smart. Disagree yeah. with all of it, but if it wasn't such a fucking dumbass about it, I might listen. Yeah, exactly. I might listen to you if you were a good enough writer. <laughs> if you weren't a hateful tarhead. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so Glenn Greenwald is one of those. And this is a really insightful piece about sort of the the machinations behind. Because my question, you know, we've had this moment with Facebook where, you know, the... Uh, the Cambridge Analytica. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind oh, of thing. Jesus. We've, we've got about that, right? We've had these moments with Facebook where we know how God. fucking bad it is for society and we don't do a goddamn thing. So my guess is they're not going to do a goddamn thing about it. But, yeah. and that's kind of what Glenn Greenwald's talking about. It's like, this really isn't about fixing Facebook. Mm-hmm. This is about leveraging Facebook so that uh, those in power can censor those they don't want to hear. Yeah. And so that's kind of an interesting. It's an interesting perspective, and it is it is mercifully absent any mention of Trump. Mm. Good. My next thing is it's another Atlantic read. Uh, the Atlantic is a good magazine. It's it's a good magazine. It's a, I think it's an excellent magazine, and to be honest not with. just because they reached out to me. And asked me to write for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About your summer. fucking camp. Uh, yeah, yeah, your uh, camp, camp, camp. I'm. <laughs> you got to milk that one hit wonder shit for, you know. Hey, I've got a casino coming out. A casino Buy book that cow, out. baby. As soon as I've got my casino book, that's the only thing anybody's going to give a shit I ever did in my life. You, yeah. you wrote that book about the casino. Why? Well, eh, whatever. Well, the joke is, uh, or the the irony is that um, nobody's going to give a shit about your casino book. No, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. It's a good read, though. They will, it is a good read, and people should give a shit about your casino book. They won't. And they'll, we'll, give we'll it, talk they'll, they'll give as later. much a shit about my book about casino as they did yours about radio. So I got exactly. it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I get it. I, I think, it and I think the radio book is better than the camp book, but... I do, too. Actually... Yeah, actually, I actually think it's much better. I, yeah, that's the thing is, I won't say much better written, but I think the DJ book is a better book. It's a more interesting book to me. Yeah. So maybe it's because I didn't go to camp. The fuck so do that, you know that, of summer camp? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Summer camp is sort of like it's very well written, but it's like yeah, this is I don't really give a shit about these fucking rich Jewish kids. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but the totally. DJ book. <laughs> The DJ book really speaks to me, and I'm like, okay, yeah. So maybe that's why well, I like that. Well, because the book DJ better. book is full of sex, drugs, alcohol, well, yeah, and rock and roll. Well, and it's, the it's, camp yeah, only hints at that. Like I, I used to joke with the camp book that I would write a you know a volume two a or a director's cut, which is yeah, like. Yeah. So on page sixty-eight, when I end with this, here's where shit got real, and the, you know it's yeah. Here's the here's the you know. uh, the Jennifer Jason Lee moment in yeah. the back of a yeah, fucking yeah. thing with a twenty-seven-year-old. Yeah, yeah, I got it. This is how to do anal on a sunfish sailboat in the middle of a lake at three in the morning. Yeah, I'll read that story. I t- <laughs> All right, what's your number two? What's your number so two? My number two, also on the Atlantic, uh, Jack Hamilton. Spotify has made all music into background music. Is the collapse of genre boundaries and the erosion of fervent musical loyalties a good thing? Basically, this is uh, music snobbery, breaking down music snobbery, and in its in its best forms and its worst forms, and it's great. And it, it just made it made me laugh because 
in our last episode, I was giving uh, Jed shit about Wilco in yeah, a very snobbery. And we've, we've, we talked about my, my hatred for Don Henley a, and all these other things. It was a funny like, joke. It was a good joke. But um, it's, it's interesting. about how, I actually like Wilco just fine. And that's unfortunate. And I don't think we'd be Facebook friends as, if I knew that as, about you. No, as, as we said today, when you and I, you, Jared, and I were going back and forth, <laughs> the thing about it is... I grew up in a time, and my friends, and so maybe it's just your friends and Jared's friends, but my perspective was, man, I had punk rock guys, like dudes that were totally punk rock that still like jazz. And I had mm-hmm. opera singers that I, because I was an opera major, or my actually I was an opera minor, opera minor in college, opera minors that fucking loved, like, hair metal. You know, I mean, music was just music. And so that's kind of how... I grew up and how I came of age was sort of yeah. like music was whatever. If it was music, it was cool. Yeah. There was no bad music. When people were like, oh, fuck disco, fuck you. I like uh, some of disco. Disco's fucking great. I think some of disco was great. And uh. I loved it even when they were burning the fucking records in fucking uh, Steve uh, Dahl's a Field. dick. Fucking Steve Dahl's Steve a dick. Steve Dahl's but, a dick. But, you know, it's like music is good music is good music. Like good writing is good writing. Like good art is good art. Shut the fuck up. But yes, I really, actually, really like this article. I think we should it. have uh, Dr. Keene on to talk about this story. Because I think, because he was, he was a music critic he was for a very, long time. Yeah, he was very animated about it. And I just like, all right, I'm not going to touch this. Yeah, and, I got it. Yeah, it's, 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 Let's just, get him it's on. interesting. Yeah. yeah. So we will, we will do that. So your, your next. All right. Thing. My, my number two is in the, uh, what is it? Hold on. It's New York Times, of course. Uh, it is by who the fuck wrote this thing? It's a good piece, but I can't find out who wrote it. Hold on. It's by Kevin Roos, R O O S E. I'm glad we waited for that. I know. Facebook is weaker than we knew. Ah, uh, yeah. A trove of leaked documents published by the Wall Street Journal hints at a company whose best days are behind it. What I love is there are a couple things I love about. It. First of all, it's a pretty good article, and, it, and it's worth it's worth reading. Second of all, it's my favorite thing is when the New York Times says we're going to publish a story because, well, the Wall Street Journal did it mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. so we're just we didn't get it, we didn't get the <laughs> scoop, we're kind of behind the times, so let's write a piece about their fucking scoop. That's how MSNBC rolls, yeah. That's exactly it. We're dickheads, so we're still going to publish this piece. But instead of just linking it to the Wall Street Journal, God. which would have just been smarter, but no, no. We, They're they just have rewriting write. press releases. They're Yeah, but it's hacks. a good piece. Yeah. It's, it's worth reading, and it does kind of encapsulate the whole perspective. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my next thing is a read from Vox this time. And look at me. Hey, Literate, we did, I got three, three reads. reads. I got that. two reads. There yeah, you go. We are five for five so far. Uh, this is in Vox. Um, this is by Constance Grady. Every version of the Monica Lewinsky story reveals America's failure of empathy. It, <sighs> Monica Lewinsky, man. So... A couple weeks ago, I suggested one of my six things was watch American Crime Story Impeachment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm going to reel that uh, one back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. Yep. So I'm with you on that. Yes, yes. I agree so with you. Generally, um, Ryan Murphy's stuff, I feel like it. He gets, he's got a really good first act. 
His second act is... So it's, it's, it's okay. And then by halfway through the second act, you're like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Like, he just... Yep. He's not good at follow-through. No. Um, it's and, not good. And his... his it's so really his, not good. His three American crime stories have all taken place in the 90s. There was the O.J. Which I thought was great. O.J. from which, front, to, was, fr- yeah. front to back was wonderful. Um, the, the Versace, Andrew Cunanan was okay. Okay. But these are all like big 90s stories. So mm-hmm. he's got this like... Ryan Murphy has a message or an opinion that he really wants to get out. I think he does it poorly. Um, it, it, he's sort of like the Oliver Stone of bad TV. Yes. He's Oliver Stone without the talent. Right? And this is so funny, Don, because I was literally today having... God, that's the second time I've used literally in this episode. Talking to <laughs> one of my creative directors. She's uh, younger than me. She's like 22 or 23. And I was talking, I was making some joke, and Oliver Stone came up, and she was like, okay, great. Um, this is kind of bad, but I don't know who Oliver Stone is. And I'm like, it's cool. Here are his movies. But, like, the peak of Oliver Stone was 80s, 90s. Yeah. She doesn't know. She's like, great, love it. 70s. I will absorb yeah. it. Yeah. And, right, and he was talking about the 60s and 70s. Yeah, he's obsessed. So I think you're, you nailed it. He's Oliver Stone without the talent. For the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And because yeah. Oliver Stone can get a little preachy and uh, and but, some of his shit like, but Nixon, fuck off. Nixon, JFK, Nixon, Nixon. No, Nixon is crap. W is crap. JFK, I think, brilliant. No, no, no. I think Nixon is a great movie. Really? It's a great movie. You gotta rewatch okay. it. All right. Okay. That's because okay. it's one that's the thing about it is you have to get past the fact that that uh, that uh, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins looks nothing or sounds nothing like Nixon. But once you get past that... Okay. Because that's the thing that makes that a hard movie to watch, is he is... I mean, he's one of the greatest actors in the world, but he doesn't do a great Nixon. I just felt like, with Nixon, what's the point? Like, oh, same with W. Like, okay, so here's a bonehead and a monster. Dude, I'm telling you, the reason W happens, right... See, see, you say that, but remember, you remember when you watch W. He was still in the shitter, but ever since Trump, W's he's he's a hero uh, now. You want a good W film? You watch uh, you watch Adam McKay's Vice, and 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 yes, I agree with that. And or if v, you see, Vice, yeah, no and, Vice. Yeah. And if you want to watch a better better version of uh, the Monica Lewinsky story, watch Primary Colors. Exactly. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I My just, third yeah, thing. Yeah is not a read. My third thing is not a read. I don't know if you've watched it, but as we were talking about earlier about the ten things that I've written where I read it and I go, fuck, I wish I'd written that. Mm-hmm. And I know as a writer, you know, there are certain things you'll either read or you'll see and you'll go, I suck. I wish I'd written... I, I wish I could write one thing that even comes close to how good this is. Yeah. This also coincides with last week's episode about horror films. <laughs> it's not a horror film, but the reason I decided to watch it, because ordinarily I was like, uh, I, I, when I saw it on, on Netflix, I was like, eh, you know, I don't know if I'm into this. You know, the, the cover art looks a little bit Stranger Things. Mm. I, I don't know the religious aspects of it. I'm not sure if I'm into that. But... Going back to Twitter, I follow Stephen King on Twitter. And Stephen King said, this shit is gold. 
Hmm. So I said, all right, I'm going to watch it. And what I can say is not only is it a really excellent vampire series, but it's maybe the best written goddamn limited series I've ever seen on... Every episode has at least one, if not multiple, monologues that, from the writing perspective, just knocked me off my ass. Mm -hmm. Midnight Mass. Okay. I am telling you, I mean, there isn't a fucking episode that did not make me, like, in awe. And it really, it's, yeah, okay, it's a vampire film um, or show. Um, and, you know, they've got the scary shit. What I loved about it is uh, Annabeth Gish is in it. Mm-hmm. Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas from E.T. Love Henry Thomas. He He's in it, you yeah. know. I mean, but... And there's this sort of, like, Salem's Lot, like, religious and vampire connection, this Catholic church vampire thing going on. Um, there are some elements... Mike Flanagan wrote and directed it. Um, and... There, he definitely has a debt he owes to Stephen King. I mean, there's no que- <laughs> I mean, there's no question right. about it. Right. But I am telling you, not a fucking character in this entire series. Only seven episodes. Every character gets at least one brilliant monologue where you just sit there with your jaw dropping and going. Fuck you, Mike Flanagan. I want to beat your fucking ass, you fucking dirty faggot. Because you... Jesus. Well, because, yeah, I'm bringing it back to the beginning of the show. That's your safe space. I just went to the beginning of the show. That was my callback. No, I love this guy. I want to have sex with Mike Flanagan. I want to have his children. I love his writing. The fucking writing is so sublime. Mm -hmm. It is so beautiful. It is so intelligent. It is so well written. There isn't a moment of this seven hours of this... It's a vampire story Mm -hmm. that isn't just... the. I hate to use this word, but I'm going to use this word for a Netflix series. This was exquisite in every way. Wow. So... I'm telling you, man. Okay. I want to watch it again. Let's put it this way: when I when I literally have to stop and rewind a monologue, mm. yeah. when you get a monologue about a guy who's an atheist on a very Catholic island talking about what he thinks happens when he dies, and yeah. it's like a four minute monologue, which is a long time for That's a fucking a monologue. Fucking and you fucking have to and you have to stop and go back and rewatch the monologue because the writing is so motherfucking good. Midnight Mass, Netflix. If you're not watching it, you really are. You're missing something uh, quite remarkable. Wow. Okay. So I like that it was a Netflix, it was a watch, but it also was about the writing. Because of Literate Ape. Oh, that's cute. Okay. Good work there, Don. You You earned your lollipop today. Well, I appreciate my lollipop because I don't get my dopamine rush from an affirmation of people uh, liking me on Facebook. So, Don, I liked it. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Um, that's the show. Tune in next week. We've got another guest, an L.A. actor who loves horror films and hates Marvel. 
You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>